Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, back on my good mic. And joining me this week is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hey, this is Ryan. I'm an old... <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm, just, I'm, I'm still on my current <laughs> Did mic. I sound that bad? No. Oh my God, I hope not. <laughs> hey, you know what? That The mic you were using previously was the one I used for almost 10 years of this show. So I, I don't think people are... Uh, that I was just joking. No, you sound great. You sound uh, awesome. It's it, like when I when we first got on the call, I was like, "Yeah, it's back. We did it." You know, that was always the intention. Yeah, it only took like three months. Yeah, <laughs> but we did it. We're back. <laughs> Sorry about those episodes, guys. Those episodes were fine. I heard no complaints, and by no means this is not an invitation for folks to come and say, "You know what? Those last <laughs> few episodes were rough." No, it's. It's fine. Everyone was really good. Everyone was it was really awesome, and I think we all knew that uh, that eventually uh, we would get it all set up. Jocelyn would find the box that the mic was in, <laughs> and uh, oh my god, you guys! I literally so I haven't had my PC. I just had like the bare bones of it set up, like monitor, keyboard, mouse, and and tower set up in my laundry room, which is where I had been recording for the last couple of weeks because I don't have a like Wi-Fi adapter on my PC, I have to be wired. So our router, like we didn't have any of it like set up in the basement where my actual like work office desk space is. So I had to be close to the router <laughs> to wire to it. And uh, anyways, yeah, so I was in the laundry room for quite a few weeks and uh, man, it was it was uncomfortable. It wasn't great. And I didn't have any of my equipment. I couldn't find it. And then last night I'm like, okay, moved everything downstairs. My husband, Matt, did all of this, like, he, I don't know, outside stuff. He, like, ran a wire from the roof down to, because we have Starlink now, so ran a wire from the roof down into the basement next to the electrical stuff. I don't know. He did a whole bunch of stuff. He, like, drilled through concrete and things. I'm like, look at you being all, like, doing homeowner things. (laughs) So, uh, anyways, yeah, long story short, finally got the internet into the basement. So I set my PC up last night and it took me like six hours. First of all, I'm moving slow. And second of all, I thought I did such a good job at moving, but we were not prepared. Like there are boxes of things everywhere and there is no rhyme or reason to what's in them. So it took me so long going through like all the boxes that I thought could be from anywhere in the vicinity of my office in the old house, trying to find the box with my microphone in it. So I finally did. But yeah, I started just after dinner at like six o'clock last night and I finished at like midnight. <laughs> but now I have my PC and all is right with the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, and 150 feet of Ethernet coming yeah. your way, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I have 150 feet of cable coming tomorrow. So <laughs> I'll be able to wire it with good network cable. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully I sound okay and the Discord call doesn't drop on my no. crappy old cable. <laughs> Now, all sounds good. Everything's 
working smoothly and it's really great that i that, that i'm saying all this in the first five minutes yeah why would you why would you put that out into the universe ryan why would you do that because you know fate i just uh i guess i always accidentally tempt it it's never on purpose it's always accidentally so hopefully fate doesn't uh take me too seriously um yeah so it, like it's kind of crazy like i feel like we just recorded i know this is a weekly show and i should be used to that after over 10 years <laughs> but um, I did a thing this weekend that I haven't done in two decades, which is go camping. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it really meant, uh, and on top of that, it was busy at work. And on top of that, I was off uh, with the kids. So it was very busy. Didn't get a lot of time to play video games. So like some of the games I have tonight are like mobile games. <laughs> One is playable in a browser. So I'm actually really curious about this one because I have seen a lot of people on my threads and on my Twitter that are like posting this. And I mean, I blocked the word Wordle maybe a week after it came out because I just didn't care about everyone's Wordle scores. And now all of a sudden there is a gaming version, I guess, mm. that everyone's playing. And I'm like, man, I'm going to have to block this too. So tell me, tell me about this, this Wordle clone for gamers. <laughs> yeah. So this uh, it's it's so funny like the, a lot of these games have this like built-in social function of like copy this and then paste it into your favorite social app and that's there to get people to to know about the game and discover it and then play it themselves and I, and I've only posted it once and I feel like that's like the bare minimum I can do for playing a free game like I'll post about it once especially if it's one where I get it in one try because <laughs> I know the game. So is so that well. what the boxes mean? Because I've seen like you and I think Scott and maybe one or two other people keep posting these like one square things. And I'm like, does that mean you got it on the first try? This seems like it's too easy. <laughs> well, yeah. And and so this is the thing. It's called Guess Guess the Game. It's, <laughs> it's now they say it out loud. It's a very uh very original name. So it's called yeah. Guess the Game, but it's a uh, Guess the dot game. That's the address okay. you go to, That's to play. The website. Okay. Yeah, and um essentially you're presented with each day you're presented with an image. And it's sometimes like an image that's kind of zoomed in on some environment or character art and uh it's meant to be like sort of a tease of like okay, what what game is this? And um, yeah, like depending on how you do, you have six tries to get it. And the visual representation that you see on social media when someone posts about it is um, is green. You got the answer. So if you see one green square, that means they got it in the first try. If you see like a bunch of red squares and then uh, a green a green square, that kind of shows how many times they they failed to guess uh, the game. And it starts with like a visual clue that like, unless you really know the game, like uh, this is a zoomed in picture. So for example, the one that I got in one try, uh, just, you know, humble brag. Here. <laughs> Let's have the flex. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, like sometimes it's just the silliest stuff. So the screen grab was like of half a racetrack with um, these circles. It was definitely an SNES game. It was these, these circles that kind of, uh, form the barriers of the racetrack. And immediately I knew like, oh, I've hit those barriers a bunch of times. That's <laughs> F-Zero. <laughs> I can't even cut myself some slack. And like, I got this in one try only because I'm terrible at F-Zero. And I, I dread those You're bumpers. intimately familiar with the yeah. bumpers on the side of the racetrack. That's yeah, hilarious. We've, <laughs> we've spent some time together for sure. Uh, so I got in one try because I recognize uh, those barriers from F-Zero on, on SNES. 
and and that's kind of the idea. So that's the first clue. It's usually like a very, um, you know, uh, abstract capture of a game and then it evolves over time so you say so you guess and it's all autocomplete so you don't need to know the exact spelling of the game okay that was going to be my next question is like does it give you like options or something or if i type like mario but i accidentally put a u on the end for some weird french reason then like would that totally ruin my guessing game or do i pick from a list or what like how how does it work so it, it once you start typing, it shows you like a list of games, like like on Twitch when you're setting your your category. Yeah, so it pulls from a database of game names. So if you type, uh, so one one day it was like I swore it was like a Monster Hunter game. There are at least ten of those games across various platforms, and if you search in Monster Hunter, it'll give you all the Monster Hunters, like Monster Hunter One, Two, Try, World, Rise, uh, and the rest. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't know all the Monster Hunter games, um, but th- it it makes it a lot easier so that you can guess and say, OK, this kind of looks like a Zelda game. Let's let's see which Zelda games pop up when I search in Zelda. It's like, OK, oh, it's definitely this one. It's it's Minish Cap or Twilight Princess or something. So it, it, it doesn't punish you if you don't know the exact title, like even if you kind of have an idea but as you continue to guess, the clues uh, give you more information. So the next image might be a more like a character shot or a more clearer, you know, uh, properly zoomed uh, uh, landscape shot to give you a better idea of the game. And then as you continue to need more clues, it's going to start giving you the platform that it was on or the Metacritic score uh, or the genre just to give you like um, some additional information to help with your with your guessing. So unlike Wordle, which is just like you're slowly getting the parts of the word. Well, yeah, because that's the thing with Wordle. Like you, if you guess like an O in the second spot, it'll be like, OK, well, there is an O in the word, but not there. So like it, it makes it a little bit easier to to kind of reason it out. But I was like, I was trying to figure out, I'm like, if it's giving you visual clues, how does it let you know if you're like, close with your guesses or it doesn't at all it just says no that's wrong it it doesn't yeah so it it just tells you you're wrong um but it will it will increasingly give you more information to to base your guess on which um i I feel like that's kind of the path they had to take because there was like it would take probably a lot of pro like these games are meant to be very simple so there there was probably a lot of programming involved to to maybe say like oh you got you got Mario right, but you got the wrong sport. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not tennis, it's golf. Um, which I mean, <laughs> that'd be a bad example. <laughs> or and but then you kind of think like, well, what if it's a Mario party? Like the platform uh really helps there because it narrows it down to to three of the four that maybe came out on on the N64 or uh, or no, sorry, the it narrows it down to three, you know? So like the platform helps and you're not going to get everyone like obviously the video game genre it's not like words where like you know and a word in the english dictionary can kind of be like you can look it up you can you can oh yeah i've used that word before in in conversation but in video games there are likely games that you've a never heard of or even played so like don't go in expecting yourself to get all of them i've definitely played this and one of them was uh it was a wii game and it was like a mini game collection. And I'm like, I have no idea what this was. And it was like Wii Party. I was like, I'm, it's a, a oh. first party game. Never heard of it. Never played it. 
I remember like Wii Sports and Mario Party, but not Wii Party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I thought it was Wii Sports Resort or something because it definitely had mm. like the Miis running around and, and fishing. So I thought, well, maybe it was like something like that. Um, so you're not going to get everyone. And I don't think folks should feel discouraged by by not getting them because, again, like some of them are obscure. Exactly. Some of them are are obscure and and some of them are just, you know, you might not have played that specific uh, specific game. So it's it's a really fun little game. I don't know how long I'm going to play it, but I've been kind of playing it, um, you know, on and off uh, for the last uh, week or so. And it was it was sort of a it's just like one of those things of like, yeah, you know what? I did enjoy Wordle. It was a fun little experience. I, I did drop it eventually. Uh, but this one's right up right up my alley because it's video games, right? And I, I love mm-hmm. those like visual clues that they give. So is there, there's a new puzzle every day? Can you go back and play old ones? Like if I pick this up now, is there like an archive I can go back through? Yeah, yeah. You can play all oh, the previous good. puzzles, uh, which I thought was very neat because like on the first day, there's like 400 of them already. Uh, on the first day when I played, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I kind of want to do more. And I could go back and just play a bunch of old ones just to see what kind of score I got. I don't know if the archive goes all the way back, but it definitely gave me a lot of options. Well, at least it gives you it gives you something to do, right? That isn't just one puzzle a day whenever you pick it up. Yeah. So there's a huge if you start now, you've got 400 others that you yeah. can kind of go and play <laughs> around with. Um, and it, yeah, it's it's really fun. And, you know, like I said, I think like the social aspect at the end when you want to post your score it doesn't um, it like it would be really cool if it pulled like the first image of the puzzle in like your social preview. Like it, it doesn't go that far. Uh, so like posting once just to kind of like spread the word a little bit like, do, like it's a free game. That's kind of like doing your part. There's ads obviously on this thing like it's a free game. Of so course. of course there are yeah, ads. They've got to get money somehow. Exactly. So I, I posted it once, but I, I would have really liked to see like maybe the social aspect kind of like, I don't know what kind of work would be involved, but to like pull in the preview of that puzzle. But it's uh, it's really cool. I really enjoy it. Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely check out guess the guess the dot game uh, in your, your browser of choice. And uh, it's <laughs> it's really cool. I love it because I I tried the film one and I just don't know n- enough about movies to get any of them uh but uh games yes that is that is for me games i feel like you can at least like make an educated guess i feel like movies like there's just there's so many and even if you showed me like the main actor i'm like i wouldn't be able to name like all the movies tom cruise has been in (laughs) like i could name well i guess what six or seven just by saying mission impossible yes (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I feel like video games is definitely uh, much more up our alley. So uh, yeah, it sounds it sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like a good um, time waster <laughs> when yes. you just have a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, it takes about a couple minutes to finish. It's definitely yeah. one of those things that you're not going to spend a lot of time on. And uh, but it's there when you need it. Exactly. Exactly. It's a really good like Wordle was. It's a really good sort of like coffee game to play first thing in the morning or. Or on your on your break at work, like it's it's a uh, it's really fun. I, I and I dig the visual side of like guessing a game too because it it, mm-hmm. it helps you discover some games you might not have known of or it might uh, it might bring back some memories of of a yeah. game you played 
uh, way back when. So yeah, definitely check it out. Guess guess the dot game. Uh, it's really cool. And speaking of coffee, <laughs> oh yeah, played coffee with golf or golf with coffee, golf during coffee. <laughs> I. All of those things, all of those things. <laughs> uh, so this is a, a, a again like another daily sort of experience. This one is on iOS and Android. Uh, it's called uh, Coffee Golf, and it is uh, it is what it sounds like. It's a quick sort of round of arcade golf where you are sort of presented with um, one area with five holes. And you kind of every day jump in and then there's a new new course to play. And uh, and again, it has the whole Wordle thing where at the end you can post your score. And um, it's also color coded depending on how good <laughs> or bad you did. Uh, and it's, it's very much arcade style golf. So like you've got three different clubs. You've got the driver, which will allow you to hit the ball further. The wedge, which allows you to kind of get over, you know, close by objects. And then the putter, which is self-explanatory for you to putt uh and and finish the hole but like you're presented with this open area with five holes sort of scattered around you can kind of go about it in any way you want obviously you want to go about it in a way where you get the least amount of shots across the course because that's how you know you did you did good or bad um but for me it's mostly just been about completing the course and, and having fun doing it like i'm not totally worried i'm not really worried about score just like when I'm playing mini golf or golf, because I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a golfer, you know, <laughs> there's only one golf game that I have ever played. And I played the crap out of it. I loved it. And it was the original Tiger Woods golf in like 2004 on the GameCube. Like I played that so much. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I don't even know why. I don't even know why. I can't tell you. Video game golf is fun. Yeah, I've never played another golf game, but not even like a Mario golf or something like that you would think would be a little bit more like goofy, cartoony up my alley. But no, like super serious Tiger Woods golf, the OG original one on GameCube. I played that. It might have just been because I didn't want to go to class. Probably why it was so. I was like, no, I can't go to class. I got to work on my short game. Exactly. In in a video game. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've been there. We've all been there. Maybe it's not golf. Maybe it's, you know, Gears of War. Maybe it's something else. Uh, maybe it's Mass Effect. Got to save the world, right? Um, but yeah, like, I think that uh, this is another one of those things where, like, I think video game golf has that, like, weird appeal where it is, it, even if, like, I'm not, I've played golf once. Terrible at it. I, in, in real life, I've played golf once. I'm really bad at it. Mini golf is fun. Don't get me wrong. Mini golf is fun. Also, not great at it. But, uh, but you know, video game golf, I feel like I can be pretty good at that, you know? Uh, <laughs> and I have played a lot of the Mario Golf uh, ones. This one's very arcadey, very uh, user-friendly. Because you're playing on a phone or a tablet, you're using your, you know, the touchscreen to sort of control your, your swing. But it is super forgiving. So, for example, like, the driver and the wedge, you you have the ball and you can kind of like move your finger around sort of the, the radius uh, where you interact with the ball to kind of move the camera. And then when you put your finger on the ball, you can kind of like move your finger in the opposite direction, basically like aiming a slingshot and you kind of pull your finger back and that controls like how far you're going to hit the ball, how powerful your swing is going to be. And 
there's no like golf club on screen or anything. It's just literally the ball on the grass and you're just dragging your finger to control the swing. It gives you a projected arc uh, and and there's bounce, obviously, with your with your driver and your wedge. And you're just like trying to get the ball in the hole. You know, it's very bare bones, <laughs> pretty straightforward golf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's there's no like extra stuff here. You know, there's no voice acting. There's no, you know, people coming on the screen and being like in, and taking the shot. It's all just a ball on screen and various, you know, holes that you got to you got to complete. So like it's 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 like just it's meant to be get in and get out like a quick and you get a notification every day at the start of the day or or I don't know if you can change it but mine pops up at, at in the morning every day and you just go in well it's coffee right it's, it's coffee yeah. golf so <laughs> yeah there's not a whole lot to say about it. like even like guess the game had a lot more going <laughs> for it in terms of a discussion <laughs> but coffee golf is literally just like you play your holes and you're done you close the app and it's like well I'll see you tomorrow and um there is a way to play uh play your holes over again or play previous days. And I think that's where the monetization comes in. This is one's free to play. Uh, you can unlock unlimited retries of previous days or your current day for five bucks. Um, and it's a one-time purchase. So essentially you pay the five bucks and, and it unlocks. And then you get the, the archive basically. Exactly. Or you can do the whole free to play thing where it's like, Hey, watch this ad and then we'll let you replay this old uh, mm, course i hate that <laughs> yeah but like five bucks like if you really enjoy it yeah no if you really enjoy it and if coffee golf is something you're gonna do every day with your morning coffee then like absolutely i would be like throw the five bucks at it yeah because i i just i hate that like watch this 30 second ad to get to the next level of the thing that you're doing i'm like oh my god i hate that so much and it makes me like I would rather you just put it on the app store for five bucks <laughs> than like do this like free to play weirdness. Like, oh, I hate it so much. Yeah, it it's one of those things where um it, like it's tough. It's tough with apps. And I know like in the app store it's a race to the bottom. Uh and the bottom, unfortunately, is free to play. You know? It's free. Yeah. 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 And so if they had listed it for five bucks, it probably wouldn't do as as well. Uh, but having it in that purchase. Oh, yeah, they're trying to suck people in for sure. Yeah, I, I like I do like the idea because like there are developers and publishers out there that wouldn't have the unlock for five bucks. They would mm -hmm. just either have the apps or make make it currency based like, oh, but buy ninety nine. Uh, uh, what's a golf reference for like resources? Um Buy 99 gold tees. Mulligans. Mulligans. <laughs> isn't Mulligans is the do-overs in golf, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Are you allowed to do that? You're allowed to do-over stuff in golf? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard the word before, for sure. It sounds familiar. Yeah, you can buy 99 golden Mulligans and because uh, <laughs> best value, it's 99.99. Obviously. So it's 25% more than the other bundle. <laughs> exactly. That's why you have to go for the uh, the most expensive <laughs> bundle because I'd be leaving mulligans on the table, Jocelyn. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, like, I have to applaud this to say, like, you know, giving me the option to give them five bucks, which I have not done yet, full disclosure, and I have not watched the ads. I, I have not felt any need to replay old ones or new ones. And um, they do give you the option. I did tap on it like, oh, let's let's play that again. And I didn't do so great. It says like, hey, you can watch the ad 
or you can unlock it. But because this is your first day trying to retry, we'll give you this one for free. So they do let you try it again for free the first time. Again, it's that. Oh, yeah. Again, they're trying to hook you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I think like at the end of the day, those the ad networks that that, uh, supply the videos, like they're always like really shitty apps or or all the ads I'm seeing on Twitter, basically, probably those like a bunch of shops selling things that don't work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, I I think like if you did really get into this game, like five dollars is like is in comparison to other free to play experiences, it's kind of it's kind of nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I recommend this one. I have not posted it to social media, like in terms of my score. But again, like Guess the Game, the only reason I knew about it. Um, actually, I think this one was a podcast recommendation. I think, again, Scott was playing it and he was talking about it um, uh, on morning streams. So it's it's one of those games that is going to spread uh, via word, word of mouth. And, and I think like th- between Guess the Game and Coffee Golf, it's been fun to have like a daily check in that isn't um that isn't time it's not a there's not a lot of time involved mm-hmm. it's it's a real quick you can play as much or as little as you want exactly very bite size yeah so anyways that's that's what i did on the way up to having no reception and the way back from having no reception because we went to the middle of nowhere we were actually uh went to algonquin for the first time so i figured that was oh i love algonquin yeah yeah it's uh well you know what for for go- like again anything i <laughs> Anything I say about camping needs to be taken with a grain of salt because uh, I have very I've I'm not a I'm not I'm not a camping person. But uh, <laughs> if you do want to hear the full story, I, I, folks can probably check in on Dungeons and Diapers. I think we're going to be having our topic be camping because I was like, mm-hmm. there'll be things to say, like, you know, first time going in in 20 years and uh, and, and now going with three and kids. with all the kids. Oh, my God. All <laughs> brave all man. Brave man. <laughs> has nothing to do with me being brave. It has everything to do with Ashley being awesome at uh, at camping, and and because uh, she would take she would take the two oldest herself. So much to uh, so much to think about, but yeah, so camping much to unpack. It, it, yeah, definitely so much to unpack. But I'm glad to be home and in in my house and have uh, a bed to sleep in for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did play a little bit of uh, of a game this week again, like. With everything, it's been so in flux lately. Um, I haven't had a ton of, well, not so much time as just like things aren't set up, but we're getting there. Um, so I, I did, like I said, set up my PC last night. So I played uh, Wandering Village, which is in game preview right now on Game Pass. So this is another one like um, Coral Island or I guess technically Dreamlight Valley, where uh, it's got like the disclaimer on it being like, this is an unfinished game, but if you'd like to check it out, like it's free over on Game Pass. Um, It's also available on Steam. I'm pretty sure it's on sale on Steam right now, Um, but it's $30 Canadian regular price. um, And it is a city building sim, but the kind of like the twist, the thing that makes it a little bit more interesting than just another city builder is that you are building your village, your nomads, and you've discovered this like giant lizard creature. And the whole game is basically driven by the idea that um, there's this like poisonous mushroom that grows in the world now. And they it releases like spores that act like a poisonous gas. So you kind of like have to keep moving. It's very like post-apocalyptic and 
So the way that you get around that is you settle on the back of this giant lizard thing and you kind of like build your village and then the giant lizard moves around the world. Um, and so it's kind of a cool twist because I really like um, you have like the kind of smaller scale stuff, which is you building your village. And then you can zoom out to the like lizard view and then you can zoom out to like the world map and you can build different things to try to influence where the lizard is going and you move through like different biomes. You can find different secrets in the world because you can like send out scouts and stuff like it reminds me a little bit of Frostpunk. Like it has a lot of those like Frostpunk mechanics where like your city is in one place, but there's other stuff in the world to go out and discover. Um, But it doesn't have any of like the the frost punky themes, the slave labor, the child labor, the, you know, horrible decisions, none of that stuff, none of that frost punky stuff. (laughs) It is very like calming and relaxing given that it is also a post-apocalyptic city builder. Um, But the whole idea is that you're trying to build a successful civilization while also maintaining the health of the lizard you're riding on. So I'm still in the tutorial. I haven't like gone way into it. Um, But there are like, so there's the tutorial and then there's three different difficulty settings. And then once you complete those three different difficulty settings, from what I can tell, then you unlock like a hostility setting. So I feel like at some point there's going to be like enemies. And I don't know if those are going to be other people. I don't know if that's going to be like, um, other animals in the biome or something. Um, but there are going to be things that make the game harder. Cause right now, again, I'm just in the tutorial. It's very, very easy. It's hard to tell if it's a very balanced, um, city building sim or not, cause I'm just in the tutorial, but, um, it is, it's very, it's very nice. It's very relaxing. It's kind of cool to have the, the extra element of the giant lizard. Cause it does things like, It'll it'll be walking around and then it'll fall asleep and, you know, like it could stop moving and in, in a not ideal place, like it might be swampy or it might be um, like raining or something. And then, you know, you're stuck in the rain for a really long time and all of that changes like the biome around you. So like you have to have uh, or you can have different buildings that like take advantage of the fact that it's super humid or really, really hot or, you know. Or you might have to have um, buildings that help your villagers kind of alleviate some of that stuff. So, you know, make sure you've got enough shelter. So when it's raining, they have somewhere to go, you know, make sure that they don't have to stand out in the sun when you're when the lizard is in the desert. So it's like it has a really fun kind of twist to a normal city builder. And I've really been enjoying it. It's cute. I I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the art style and the art style is really yeah. cool because it combines it's doing what Dave the Diver did in that it's combining like a 3D environment with 2D sprites. Yeah. So yeah. the environment's all 3D, but all the sprites for the buildings and, and the units are 2D. And the little people. Yeah. <laughs> it is just so cool to look at like uh and I and I knew nothing of this game before you uh before you brought it up, but like I love the idea of this Sort of as it, as the game title states, like this wandering, you know, landscape that you're you're trying to survive on, and and uh, it just looks really cool, you know. Like I like mm-hmm. the city building side of things, but also like balancing 
you know, your environment in a way to sustain both like your cells, but also the thing that's keeping everything alive, which is this uh, giant, which lizard. is a giant lizard. Yeah, exactly. And so like it, ha it has its own. Um, so there's three things that you have to monitor about the lizard. It has um, like its energy level, uh, its hunger and it's, I guess, health. So you have to try to it's it's basically it's like another thing to simulate and to manage, right? So your village isn't just worried about like the health of your citizens and stuff, but there's a trust level between the villagers and the lizard. So right at the very beginning of the game, you can or I guess not right at the very beginning, it's a little bit always in the tech tree, but you can basically build this building that kind of like lets you communicate with the lizard or like suggest because like i said the the lizard's walking right so every once in a while the lizard will come to a crossroads and it'll be able to go like left or right and you know left might be a desert biome right might be a jungle and so you know making that choice for like where you are in your tech tree and the things that you've put your resources into so far maybe going to the desert is a really really bad thing and you don't want to do that you want the lizard to go to the jungle so you have this like horn you can blow and try to like tell it to go left or right. And then the trust factor comes in because then if the lizard doesn't trust you, then it might go the opposite way to what you tell it. So you have to kind of like feed it and take care of it and make sure that it's healthy to build up trust so that you can then take advantage of the things that are presented to you on the world map and you can, you know, go through the biomes that you want to go through and maybe get some rare resources or treasures or whatever. So like it's a little bit more like interesting and complex in that way. And it's really, really cool. Like it's a really cool idea and like implementation of an, of a new way to look at a city builder. Yeah, no. And I, I think that's, uh, it's kind of needed, right? Cause you have like the, the very uh, SimCity-esque uh, games, City Skylines, where it's just like, build a city based on the way we Make understand. <laughs> yeah, based yeah. on cities and how they work in, in the real world. But I, I yeah. think like having these different environments, different setups like that employ the city building type of gameplay, it's just another cool way to experience that gameplay. Like I, I think City Skylines 2 looks really cool. I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to playing it when it launches. I'm this so fall. excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, Frostpunk 2, you know, Frostpunk-esque games, like where they they take that city building and, and apply a twist to it. Um, and this one, The Wandering Village, looks like it has a really cool. I kind of saw it, you know, in passing on on sort of the Game Pass, you know, tweets or What's whatever. Because I think it's been I think it's only been out for like a week or something. It's It's a relatively recent addition to Game Pass, I think. Yeah, and I love I love the idea of uh, of developers using Game Pass to kind of like open up the floodgates for mm -hmm. uh, feedback um, during early. So access. apparently, it came out uh, September last year on Steam. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but I think it's relatively new to Game Pass. Yeah, and I think that's a really cool way to say like, okay, we've got um, maybe half or a good chunk of our early access done. Let's uh, let's get a lot more feedback in here, you know, and sales stagnate after initial launch. It's really hard to drum up, uh, you know, attention, you know, when you've got a long early access campaign. So using Game Pass to say like, OK, like let's do preview on PC Game Pass um, like they did with Coral Island, 
It was a similar mm-hmm. situation where they kind of inject a bunch of new players through Game Pass. Um, I like that idea. Like, I, I think it's really cool. And then, you know, probably the game, once it's out of early access or preview, depending on how the contract's set up, like they might have like a six month window where the full game is available uh, on Game Pass. But um, yeah, I'll be checking this one out. I love a good city builder. I think you builder. should. It's, it's really fun. And so far, again, I'm only on the tutorial, so I haven't tried the harder difficulty levels. I just wanted to get a hang of the controls and stuff, which the controls themselves, they're okay. Um, there's a couple of things that I, I don't necessarily love. So there's um, like a harvest mechanic. So like you need resources in order to build buildings and feed your people and whatever. So there's like trees and stone and and berry bushes and stuff. And in order to get your people to harvest them, you have to like select the harvest tool and then like draw a square or or you can individually click. Um, and then that puts like a little balloon on it and, and it like calls a villager over and they'll just automatically come and gather whatever you've told them to gather, which is fine. But then once, once you're in the harvest tool, you can't like click and drag to move the map. Like the click and drag becomes the harvest tool. So I keep forgetting that I need to navigate to where I want to go first because otherwise you have to like click out of the harvest tool and then move the map and then click back into it. And it just like... It's a little bit clunky in that way, but that's also just my lack of familiarity with the way that they've implemented controls. So I'm sure that I'll learn how to do it over time. But uh, at first it feels a little bit clunky. So that's that's the only thing that I found so far is just like once you're in a tool, you can't move the map anymore. And I'm like, ugh. but I'm just like the tree I want is right there. I just need to scroll a tiny little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, that's the only thing that I've found so far that's a little bit like, ugh, wish it didn't work that way. But overall, it's really fun. I think they've done a good job. Very cool. Yeah, I'll check this one out. I mean, uh, I do need to use my PC Game Pass part of my Game Pass subscription more. <laughs> I More and more, it's becoming my like first go-to. I'm like, I need to, to play something? Like, what's new on Game Pass? What's going on? <laughs> Used to be that I would just go into my Steam library, but yeah, now it's definitely uh, what's what's new and recommended on Game Pass. So uh, that's how I found this one, and yeah, it's really fun. Like I said, so it's available uh, free on Game Pass through Game Preview, but is also available on Steam, and I'm pretty sure it's on sale right now. So that is the Wandering Village. Uh, go and check it out. Early access. It's uh, it's been pretty good, and I haven't run into again. I haven't played very much, but I haven't run into anything that's like straight up broken buggy you know so it's it's another one of those very much like coral island where technically it's early access but it doesn't feel like early access it doesn't feel like beta or anything so yeah go 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 and check it out cool will do um i've got one more game here i know this is it's kind of funny like we've we've had previous weeks where we've like oh we got one game to talk about maybe two but um yeah, lots lots going on, but this this last game here is called Viewfinder and it's um it's making the rounds. It's been fairly popular, you know, a new indie game uh, that's come out and I think it had uh some demos that were running during uh the Steam Next Fest the last couple. Uh it's it's been around for a while cuz I definitely recognized it um before picking it up. Uh, I was able to get a code for this one from uh the PR company doing PR for the game and I'm playing on PlayStation 5. 
it is uh it is a puzzle game you know like i think a lot of folks are going to compare this when you think of first person puzzle games the first that comes to mind is portal right and it's so Mm -hmm. it's always the easiest way to kind of describe one of these experiences but essentially it is it's a first person puzzle solving game uh and it starts off and if you see the trailers like it's very much about like perspective of photos you find okay yeah and you're able to place the photos that you find in the environment to help you solve puzzles um so for example a very a very early example is like okay i'm walking through this environment there's definitely the location i need to get to the teleporter to solve the put to, to complete the level is on a level above me so I need to find, I go, I walk around, I find a photo. Oh, it's a photo of stairs. So I need to place those stairs in a way <laughs> where I can climb those stairs and complete the level. Uh, again, like okay. very basic example, but like it gives you the idea immediately of like, oh, this is the power I wield within Viewfinder. Um, and it kind of just like continues to build on that and these like weird and wacky and and sometimes really really awesome ways like uh there's a lot of stuff that you can do in this one and i, and I, I also don't want to spoil like some of the discovery but mm-hmm. there are these moments uh it, it, especially early on and this is before you even get the camera that is is shown in the trailers and, and is in the uh the logo of the game but like there's this part of this world where you you realize like oh it's not just photos that i can like place in the environment it's like stuff like uh, I can find a postcard and then I can go I can place the postcard and then go into the postcard like it's layered so like the postcard was uh, I think it was um, Stonehenge and it, it looked to be like just like an image of Stonehenge with like the the word sort of overlaying over top of it and you just see Stonehenge through like the bubble lettering but like it's layered. So when you place it in the environment, like the bubble lettering is there. But when you step to the side, you can see, oh, it's layered. So in behind it is this whole environment of Stonehenge that has just been placed by me, the player, where I want it. And I can go in and explore it and interact. Hmm, that's really cool. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild because like from a programming and video game design perspective, it kind of breaks my brain. And like, how do you... <laughs> Like you have these photos and when you place them, you're instantly placing an environment that you can interact with. You know, like when I say, oh, you placed stairs, like you're not just placing like an object, you're placing like a 3D environment that clips over top of what was there previously. Um, And like, you know, it's simple in the sense that like the, the only thing it has to sort of check for is that did you break the teleporter that re- that is required to finish the level? And the game will tell you that and you get an achievement mm. for it uh, or a trophy in this case, if you like <laughs> break the teleporter and, and the game will tell you like, Hey, you, you broke the game. You need to rewind um, and start over. So there's this, there's the other thing. There's a whole timeline thing too, where like, if you mess up, you can hold the circle button or double tap it to sort of move back to points in the timeline that was definitely going to be my next question is what happens if I totally screw this up <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to happen. I did a lot. And I think the game is really well designed in a way where like the way it teaches you how to rewind and teaches you, you know, the, the, the gameplay mechanics is like you're walking across a bridge and it breaks. So like, 
how do I get out of this pit? Oh, I just rewind and I, I hold the rewind button and suddenly I'm out of the pit. And then it kind of teaches you, well, there's a timeline to it as well. So like when you interact with a photo, like you pick it up and place it, that places a pin in the timeline. So like, say you place it and you break the teleporter that is required to finish the level. Or if you place it and it's just out of reach so that you can't like make it across the gap, you can just double tap that circle button and it goes back to that point in the timeline before you place the photo. Because photos and other resources you use to solve puzzles are finite. Like they're, Mm -hmm. they're not unlimited. It's not like portal where it's like, I can just, I can place portals all day. You know, um, once a photo is placed, like I said, it completely replaces a chunk of the environment and and clips it out. So you have to kind of like, you don't need precision, but (laughs) (laughs) if you mess it up, it's nice that you can feel like, oh, I'm not being punished when I accidentally place this over top of um, something I needed, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of like, like I said, weird stuff where um, you're having to do very specific things with photos. Like, for example, you find a photo, you can rotate that photo. So let, let's say you find a photo and it's like, oh, it's a, uh, it's the side of a building, but I need a way to cross this gap. Well, I just, I just rotate the photo so that the side of the building is, is now more of a bridge. And then I place it and the side of the building is now a bridge across this gap. And it all, it's all suspended. It's all floating. Like it's not, you don't have to attach things. It's not like, Oh, okay. That's good. It's funny. Like as soon as you say like attach things, I'm like, this is giving me like building in Zelda vibes all of a sudden. And I'm like, I don't know if I like this anymore. <laughs> no, you you do not have to worry about like things having to be attached. Like they kind of float and it's all very, it's simple in that regard. And I think that's really important because like when playing the game, just like Portal, you feel, uh, you feel, you get that sense of like, oh man, I figured it out. Even when it is like a simple puzzle of like, for example, like there's a, the, uh, and and this is also really cool because like most games would not allow you to do this, but like the the end goal, like the teleporter is on, is attached to the ceiling above me. So it's like upside down and you're like, oh man, how am I supposed to do that? Is there like a gravity thing? Oh no, wait, eventually you unlock this, this camera, like second chapter, you unlock the camera, which is all in the trailers where you can take photos yourself and it's like a Polaroid and then you can use those photos and place them. So you just take a picture of the teleporter that's on the roof, take the picture, rotate it, place it. Now that allows you to exit the level. Like it actually lets you feel like it feels like cheating in a way because it allows you to like take what felt like should have been a puzzle and just like take the end, swap it around, place it in front of me, and then I can finish the level. You know, it's it's really cool in that regard. Like it kind of like it leans into that idea of like, yeah, we're going to allow you to we're going to teach you how placing photos works. It's kind of like Portal where they give you the one portal and they're like trying to teach you how to use it. They mm-hmm. do that similar. They do that here in Viewfinder where it's like, we're going to give you the photos. We're going to give you all the powers in the world to, you know, place those environments wherever you want. But then eventually you get a camera that can actually take the pictures. And I mean, it's not like a special camera. It's just it's just taking pictures and you're placing <laughs> the photos. The magic is in placing the photos. That's what the world is right. doing. You know, the, it's just a camera. It's just a Polaroid uh, type camera. And but it allows you it, it allows you to take photos of whatever you want. So like 
sometimes there's there are these like power pads like you have to power the 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 level ending teleporter and it requires three batteries but i only have one battery it's like well i have a camera with three shots so i can take a picture of the of the battery duplicate it and then all of a sudden i'm able to complete the level that seems like cheating <laughs> it, again yeah it super seems like cheating but it's all built into the gameplay and it's a really fun sort of quirky tool to just be like oh this is really neat and of course the puzzles have you know these moments where you're like i have no idea how to solve this um and it's all a matter of just like portal is like stepping back and thinking like okay like what do i need to do here like there was this one puzzle that was giving me a a real rough time because every time i approached an object it was like an illusionary puzzle so every time i approached the object it would it would appear as though it was fake. So it was a battery. I was trying to get the battery and then I approach it and it was it, it, every time I got close to it, it was like, oh, it's fake. <laughs> what you had to do was you had to take a picture of it and then kind of like not like your the brain, the game is training you like you take a picture, you go up, you grab it, you walk away. But in this case, it was like, no, I need to like remove the object from the environment so that it isn't fake. So I have to take the photo you know, place it in the environment, but place it sideways. So the object falls out of this like weird realm oh, wow. that turns it <laughs> like it's super like outside the box type stuff. And the game is like constantly like throwing these different things at you. And all of the stuff that I've talked about is it just scratches the surface of like what is what is presented to you in this game. And there's a whole story going on in the background. It's like it's kind of uh, it's not. It is definitely secondary to the gameplay, but there is this like motive uh, of your player character as you're trying to figure out, um, you're trying to solve a problem, and uh, it like kind of following the story has been really really interesting. Um, but like to talk about it would kind of spoil a few moments. But there is a story there. Yeah, don't don't spoil anything. <laughs> yeah, and you're learning about characters, and you're learning about like this world you're you're in, and and interacting with and they don't really get into like why photos have this like special power here but it seems as though it's like uh it's it's a really really cool thing and there are moments there where you're playing through it and and you're like oh man i i can't believe like they're letting the game has been designed in a way where i can explore these environments like it it isn't just about photos like you like i said you can place postcards you find um there's one there's a thing in the trailer like you can place like uh like a, a tetris board and kind of interact with it like kind of you know push the blocks out of the way because again like when you place something it's kind of like 3d there are layers to it and um yeah it's just it's really creative it's really fun and it's like it's got some really good puzzles in it um it's short like it's not super long it's about uh you know four to five hours if you try to do everything uh, I think I'm like getting right near the end. So is it? it is like like Portal. It's a shorter experience, but like it's a it's a really solid, fun, quick experience. Like in comparison to like, you know, we're talking Tears of the Kingdom takes months to play. I mean, Viewfinder would probably lose like a lot of its uh, appeal if you were playing it for 200 hours. <laughs> so like it is it. I think it it does not overstay its welcome. You're it's constantly reinventing itself as you play and um like i think i was like halfway through and they like completely changed up the way that i was interacting with the environment in terms of like i wasn't taking photos anymore i was lining up poster boards and then that was the photo 
and, and that set the environment in place. So like they, they kind of like they play around with it a lot and they're constantly reinventing. That sounds like the introduction of the goo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Like, I think that, you know, I don't know how developers feel about, I think they, they'd be pretty happy being compared to portal. Cause like portal and portal two are kind of like the bar. They're pretty iconic. <laughs> yeah. They're they're They set the bar for like first person yeah. puzzle exploration games. And, uh, I feel like this one really follows that blueprint of like, let's, let's explore this component. Okay. You've got it. Let's, let's, throw something completely different in here, you know, and, and, and not even have the excuse of like, we're not going to layer it. We're just going to like, okay, you don't have the camera for this portion. You're just going to have to interact with the environment in a different way. And then we'll give you the camera back later, you know? Um, and it, it's just a, it's a really fun game. And I've, I've really been looking for shorter experiences lately. And I think ever since I did like sink a month and a half into tears of the kingdom, um, I've been I've been on the hunt for, you know, smaller experiences that I can really like mm-hmm. sit and enjoy, but no, it's not going to take months of <laughs> of free time to to finish. So this one's really cool. Viewfinder is awesome. Definitely check it out. Uh, it's on PlayStation Five and Steam. That's about thirty five dollars Canadian. So it's like it's it's a very good price um, for for this experience that you're getting. And uh, I don't know if it's uh, like I said, I, didn't, I played it on PlayStation Five. So I don't know if it's like Steam Deck verified, but I believe like I believe it is. So I'm going to just quickly double check that. Um, but yeah, it is it is really cool and plays great on PlayStation. I'm sure it's I, I believe it's getting pretty it's getting very good reviews on Steam as well. And uh, it is playable on Steam Deck. Uh, and that usually means, yeah, it just says some in-game text is small and maybe difficult to read. So that's usually something that they'll like address in a patch. So it is mm-hmm. playable. It's just a matter of uh, some UI elements. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, viewfinder, very cool. Definitely check it out if you're into first-person uh, puzzle games. Something else you should check out is Patreon.com/slash/TheGamersIn. Like Smiley Chris did. Thank you so much for becoming our July patron. If you would like your name here, again, go and check out Patreon.com/slash/TheGamersIn to support everything that Ryan and I do here, including TGI Game Club. Uh, you guys are are just getting into Psychonauts too. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be playing Psychonauts too. The first milestone has been posted. And uh, the first discussion will be starting on Sunday, July 30th. So definitely time to boot up your Game Pass subscription again and download Psychonauts 2. It's uh, it's on there, I think. It's definitely on Xbox. It might be on the PC as well, but uh, it's also available on Steam and uh, PlayStation 5. Now, uh, our Game Club leader this time around is LC. He is going to be uh, out uh, um, having some oral surgery done uh, this week. So I'll be leading the game club uh, for the first week or so. And uh, definitely send your your well wishes to LC uh, over in the Discord as he recovers and will join us for game club uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, but I have I have his milestones that he set for the second week. So we're all set. And uh, yeah, we look forward to uh, to playing some Psychonauts 2 and welcoming Elsie back to the game club chatter in uh, in just a couple weeks. Absolutely. So yeah, again, send all of your well wishes to him over on Discord. And uh, I mean, thank you. Thank you to everyone who has who has run a game club in the past. I know it's a ton, ton of work 
to put together the milestones every week. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate all of you. And and Elsie, we hope you get well soon. Uh, that brings us to the news this week. We got a couple of short stories for you here. Uh, Blizzard games are coming to Steam. Uh, so I think this is starting with Overwatch 2, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Overwatch 2, uh, and there's a lot of, obviously a lot of chatter about like, oh, Overwatch 2 is... This happens a lot with developers, like they have their own launchers and then they realize like we're kind of limiting our base here by like making them download our app. Let's try to Mm -hmm. expand it a bit. And especially for free to play games, Overwatch 2 is a free to play game. It it makes sense to give it as much of an audience as possible and like not having it on Steam, I think is uh, is a big problem. So like. I think the news story here is like not that Overwatch 2 is there now, but the fact that they are saying Blizzard games in general will be coming to Steam. I think that's a that's a big move and and honestly feels closer to, you know, what Microsoft has done with their titles of like, we're going to push Game Pass, but we're not going to limit where our titles are. We're going to put them on Steam mm-hmm. and put them on Epic. I think they're on Epic. But like the big one is like it's the elephant in the room. If you're not on Steam, it's like, OK, you've made a decision here that is clearly not right <laughs> you know because steam is <laughs> yeah steam is a huge audience for sure and i think like for so long to me when i see this news like for so long you had to be in that battle net environment right so like that was where hearthstone and warcraft and starcraft and overwatch like that everything was on battle net and that was the only place you could go to get it but i think that now that and we're going to talk about acquisition news um shortly but I think that uh, they're going to have to start going outside that Battle.net box just because they've been acquired by Microsoft. And we're kind of thinking that what's going to happen there is that eventually some, if not all, Blizzard games are going to be available through the Xbox, like through the Game Pass um, interface. So if you're going to open it up to just any platform outside of Battle.net, why not go to all of the PC platforms? So I think... This move to me looks like kind of getting a little bit ahead of that and saying like, look, we might as well just start now. You know, like we've been married to Battle.net for so long, but really and truly, there's no reason why we can't expand to these other platforms and and try to, you know, maybe um, take advantage of, of people who don't want to install. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've currently on my PC, I've got um, so Steam, Xbox, uh, EA, which I think is just rebranded Origin, mm-hmm. uh, Epic, the ESO launcher. Um, what else is there? I feel like I've got like six or eight different like platforms to launch my games from. And it's so frustrating. <laughs> like if just everybody was on Steam or your platform of choice, like it would be so much nicer if I could just go to one place and be like, this is where my games live. <laughs> but, you know... Like, uh, I think there, this is a move a little bit more towards that, where they're like, okay, fine. You don't want to have Battle.net, you don't have to have Battle.net. Now you can launch it from Game Pass. You can launch it from Steam. Like, whatever your platform of choice is, Overwatch 2 is now going to be there. It's also kind of interesting that it's Overwatch 2 because they've got so many broken promises, and I feel like the Overwatch, like, audience is much smaller now. <laughs> Because you can't play original Overwatch. You have to play Overwatch 2. And that didn't really go over well with people. And I don't think that the Overwatch 2 numbers are where Blizzard would like them to be. So this move to me makes a lot of sense for a couple of different reasons. Yeah. It's um, 
it's also really interesting. Well, here's the thing, like, uh, you know, it doesn't completely remove battle.net. Like you still require like a battle.net account, but it does remove right. the, the need to have the launcher. You don't need the software though, right? Yeah, like you no. can just go to the battle.net website and make an account and then that's it. Exactly. And, and honestly, like I, I found, and I found this when I was playing the, the Diablo four beta, um, you may already have the necessary, uh, steps completed like if you've linked your blizzard account to steam xbox playstation you just need to log in and it just you just need to start the game in steam and it's like oh i already know who you are from a Mm battle.net perspective because you've already done the work to connect it so it's not even uh it's not even like the way ea or ubisoft seems to do it where it launches the launcher and then you have to log in i think it it's a very similar way in that it's like if you've connected it previously you're not going to notice these extra steps um, that are involved with like connecting your accounts. So it's, it's uh it makes sense to do it with this one. I mean, I wonder, like, I don't think we see wow, but we could definitely see like Diablo four feels like Diablo a really... four for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and probably the back Diablo catalog. Um, I maybe potentially Starcraft too, just again to to drive some some interest back to that franchise. Um, because like they're not actively developing it or anything right now, but like it's a great game. I mean, yeah. it, I feel like they need some easy wins, right? They do, and I don't necessarily think that WoW is an easy win, though. I mean, ESO is over on Steam, but you could uh, even potentially move Hearthstone over there. Although uh, Hearthstone with all of its microtransactions becomes potentially difficult. I don't really know, you know, when you have money changing hands all the time, if you want, you know, how many third-party platforms you want to be on. But Hearthstone's also on mobile. So, you know, they're paying to to Apple and, and Google and all those other storefronts as well. So there's a possibility they did bring in a a random currency into Hearthstone that you can buy now, like a premium currency. So maybe that was another piece of expanding to different platforms. Who knows? But uh, yeah, Blizzard Games coming over to Steam. We also <laughs> like, okay, this honestly, this news I thought was a like late April Fool's joke or something. <laughs> but uh, there is, I mean, like, they're saying it like it's some big achievement and a thing that everybody wanted. But you're the first ever pizza-scented Xbox controller is coming. I uh, just like why? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is the why. Yeah. But I mean, like, did anyone want this? Did anyone need this? I don't want to just smell pizza all the time, especially when I can't <laughs> then eat pizza. <laughs> of course, that's the biggest the biggest hurdle. You know, I included this story because it's it's a fun one. This is obviously it's like ridiculous. A, it's a marketing <laughs> thing. They've made I think they've made like a small amount of these controllers like the controllers themselves remove the pizza aspect from it. If you're a big Turtles fan, these look really they cool. are super cool. They are really, really well designed. I yeah. like the visuals of them. And there's one for each turtle, too. Yeah. So you can you can pick your your character, which is really, really neat. Yeah, and I didn't realize, so there's like a diffuser attachment that kind of goes on the back of the controller that will spit out the, the pizza smell. <laughs> it's the best way I think I can describe it. Uh, um, but originally, I didn't realize there was a diffuser on there, and I thought like, well, how long 
can you, how long will the controller smell like pizza? If yeah, they just, my first thought was, is it going to make my hands smell like pizza? Well, yeah, I thought it was the controller itself. Yeah, I thought it was just, the controller. Yeah, <laughs> it just smelled like like you know, um, yeah. The thought just kind of made, like you know, in the, back in the day in magazines they'd have like the perfume pages or something like yes, the, the yeah, insert. or scratch and sniff stickers. Exactly, exactly. So that's what I thought this was. It's just like they made the controller smell. The diffuser is a smart idea. Like I think if you want something to smell and you want it to smell for longer than a couple of sessions. <laughs> You kind of need a you kind of need a delivery mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, like, does this pave the way for like controllers that smell? Like, are, do, are we going to do? I mean, like, this could be the start of like four dimensional gaming, yeah. <laughs> where like or five dimensional. I don't know. It add another sense, right? Like, so you have a diffuser where you put like the cartridge in, and then at different points in the game, it releases different scents, like. I could see, like, as much as, like, this is a pizza-based novelty right now, um, they've now figured out a way to put a diffuser into a controller. So I can see that as a path, potentially, for developers. I mean, I don't think, especially considering a lot of the games that I play, I'm like, I don't know if I want to be able to smell this. (laughs) Like, can you imagine playing, like, Dead by Daylight, but with scent? Like, no, no thank you. <laughs> You'd smell a lot of things and it'd be more than just yeah. corn, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, like, what's the next, like, partnership? Like, it, you know, you. I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, pizza, controllers, video games, it all kind of fits together. But, like, there's not many movies that would come out. Like, what would you want it to, what would you even want to smell? What would you want to attach, like, a smell controller to? in terms of the next big marketing push like it's there's not this is kind of the moment for smelling controllers right like i don't think you're gonna <laughs> have another one um maybe people in discord can have something that comes to mind that that would uh that would fit but like i mean i don't even i don't even know what movies are coming out after the summer i am looking forward to seeing the turtles movie the kids really want to see it so um i don't think we'll i don't think we'll enter this sweepstakes we might just order pizza <laughs> might be the better approach. I mean, like I said, it's super cool tech. And I think that like there's room to play around with it. But this like this is just so ridiculous. But the controllers look cool. I can see if you're a, a if you're a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, I can see really, really wanting these controllers. Yeah. And the designs for the for the new look of the characters for this movie, because again, it's obviously like it's another it's another reboot of the turtles yeah. look and feel. So uh you know, it's it's a uh, it's a new look, but like, yeah, they mm-hmm. look they look very cool. So, um, yeah, man, it's such a <laughs> such a fun thing. Like the diffuser bit is the one thing that like they've gone they they've gone the the next level in terms of trying to mm-hmm. deliver this like unique experience. Um, it's definitely unique, first ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they even protect themselves a little bit more in case like somebody else made a pizza smelling controller by saying it's the first ever pizza scented Xbox and TMNT mutant mayhem controller. Like, of course, there, there hasn't go. been one before. <laughs> this movie isn't even out yet. Um, <laughs> they gave themselves a lot of room to to make sure they were the first. <laughs> uh, we also got a couple of I I mean, would you call them cameos <laughs> in Mortal Kombat? <laughs> I. Yeah, like I think they're kind of billed as cameos. Um it's it's interesting because like Mortal Kombat 
has been one of those franchises lately with the past couple entries where their DLC features like um, a couple of characters that either come through from uh, there's been like Joker came through a couple times uh, with Mortal Kombat as a cameo character. We've had Terminator, uh, Robocop. So they kind of try to pull in these characters that would be familiar, but fit within the realm of like uh, Mortal Kombat where you're you're. Mm you're tearing people apart <laughs> in a very gory fashion. And this one is like, I think that the choices for the cameo characters fall in line with how like gruesome this mortal. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen some of the trailers for these games, specifically mortal Kombat one, but like they find a way to go even further with this, like weird obsession with showing as much gore as possible, <laughs> but in like a really campy way. Like it's not, uh, it's hard to explain, but it really feels like they like they they ratchet up the gore alongside the campiness, where it's like like a character's ribs are exploding, but then like the next shot they're totally fine and fighting again. You know, like it's very comical <laughs> in that sense of like I just watched your spine explode. Like how are you even walking right now? Yeah. <laughs> so they're totally fine, but the characters they've included I think are a really interesting uh, bunch. You've got Homelander from the Boys. I was going to say, have you watched The Boys? Are you are you all up to date? Because oh, yeah. boys can get pretty gory, too. So that, like you say, it feels like a good fit. <laughs> yeah, like I said, these three characters are very good fits. And I think leading with Homelander, as soon as there was rumors of, of Homelander uh, being one of the characters, and I thought, yes, perfect. Like, that's yeah. a great uh, inclusion. He's, he's terrifying. And like, I wasn't really familiar with the actor before The Boys, but like, I hate him. <laughs> Which okay. is like you're supposed to. <laughs> like Yo, he yeah. does an amazing job. He's a great actor. So yeah, and having the character in Mortal Kombat really feels like it fits. Yeah. Now this is an aside, but you mentioned the the actor, uh, Anthony Starr. He um I only know him from the boys, but he like randomly popped up in this like really silly uh skit comedy show uh on Netflix. Uh but it's it's from a YouTube uh, group it's like annie donna's fun house or something and he shows up in one of the skits i'll put it in the discord for folks if they're interested and i'll send it to you jocelyn but it, it will shine a whole new light on the actor that plays homelander <laughs> i don't know i feel like he's in the same realm as the kid that played joffrey for me like i'm just like i can never watch you in anything else ever again because just like you are that character and you're awful <laughs> yeah it's the, the skit is called uh the stray man it's really interesting. It's it's hilarious. You should watch it. Uh, and again, it's like this guy plays Homelander. I, I don't see it, but uh, it's it's very uh, it's very hilarious. Um, other character. And again, like leaning into like the gore factor for Mortal Kombat one. You've got Omni-Man from uh, Invincible and it is going to be voiced by J.K. Simmons. So if you watch that series on Amazon Prime, you're like, OK, again, very gory show. Omni-Man does some some stuff in that show so like he'll fit right in um like they've kind of leaned in both with homelander and omni-man they've leaned into like the evil supermans and yeah yeah <laughs> and adding them into the game uh which i think is is great and then uh peacemaker is the is the other uh guest character and um i think like he's he's not really like he's not really a superhero he's just he, he just has uh big guns and he's very muscular <laughs> Uh, and a pet eagle, of course, named Eagle. Obviously, yeah. It also a fun, fun series. It's probably the 
uh, probably the only thing from DC that was like really, really good. I was going to say like I, I didn't watch the Peacemaker series itself, but he was in Suicide Squad, wasn't he, or something? He was. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm like I'm passingly familiar with the character, anyways. But uh, yeah. Okay. So that's where he's from. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a DC character, and uh, it's a like it's an interesting. It's an interesting choice. And I mean, from a brand synergy standpoint, like it's one of the few characters that is going to be making the leap forward with the with the reboot. So they are they are keeping sort of Peacemaker around. Um, so it works in that regard. But yeah, it's a uh, we didn't we didn't get any gameplay for these characters. It's it's literally just like a reveal and the characters standing mm-hmm. there. But like, man, does it like they've really ratcheted up the the development process and like these these characters like that homelander shot looks like straight out of the tv show like they've it does uh, yeah they've done a great job at capturing these characters and i look forward to hearing uh all of jk simmons lines as omni man in this game i might not even play it but i i will definitely watch those those uh those lines because again like i could i could (laughs) jk simmons as omni man in mortal Kombat sounds sounds really good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sounds really good. All right. Let's get into the acquisition news. So uh, we don't have actually all that much this week, to be honest. So uh, last episode, we were talking about how it was deadline day and we weren't really sure what was going to happen. Well, what happened was Microsoft and Activision Blizzard have mutually agreed to extend their merger agreement until October 18th. Great date, by the way. Um, so October 18th, we're going to find out, um, what exactly is going to happen. That is the new deadline for the merger to occur, or I guess the merger agreement, the acquisition to occur. Uh, so, um, in the meantime, the Microsoft and the CMA, which is the UK, um, governing body have also extended their negotiation deadline. So now it's August 29th. So end of August. So we should have some, UK, I guess, clarification or closure by the end of the summer, and then uh, more about what's going to go forward uh, before October 18th, which again is the new deadline for the merger. So, or for the acquisition, I will eventually remember which one is which. Um, so kind of interesting uh not a whole lot of news going on right now everything uh, in terms of microsoft and the cma is happening behind closed doors right now but i'm sure that as soon as they come to an agreement we will hear about it um and hopefully um it comes pretty quickly because i'm getting sick and tired of talking about this <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um it also doesn't help that uh i i thought oh did i put merger in there but no i copied phil spencer's uh word for word statement he calls it a merger agreement. So like, mm-hmm. I, I guess you could use both. Yeah. Like technically, so like technically Microsoft is buying Activision mm-hmm. Blizzard. So it is an acquisition. One company is absorbing the other, uh, but you could also like the actual documentation. I think like the agreement is the merger agreement, I guess. I don't know. It's like, again, it's all very complicated and technical. And I get confused all the time, regardless of what the notes say. So, um, yeah, I keep calling it a merger because I think probably because like Activision Blizzard has just been such a big part of my gaming like headspace since Hearthstone came out. Right. So I think I just think of like Microsoft and Activision Blizzard as like the same and they are 
not by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, Microsoft is much, 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 much bigger. So, I mean, it's less merging, more absorbing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think and I don't think we'll have to wait until mid-October to have like a like a, a, a this resolved. I think they've they've extended it to October with the idea that like, hey, this gives us more time to focus on the UK because like my understanding is that um, the other issue in, with the FTC, I think the FTC even like even though they were fighting tooth and nail to block it, I think they've I think I remember reading they paused. Yeah, I think they've backed off. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it very much is focused on the UK and uh, the CMA and and they have set a new deadline for, as you said, end of August. So I, I feel like by September, we might have like a better idea of, mm-hmm. of where this all stands. Um, it's not end of July and, and finished at this stage, unfortunately. Uh, that would have been nice because I, I agree with you. Like, I mean, I feel like we're we're pretty close to the end here. And like, let's just get it get it done so we can move on to talking about other yeah. stuff. Well, and I think that, like, I do understand that all of these bodies, like the CMA and the FTC, like, they're playing very important roles when it comes to consumer rights and monopolies and all the rest of it. And I'm really glad that they're not just, like, shrugging it off and letting it go. I'm glad that they're doing their job and they're doing their due diligence. And I'm glad that these agencies exist. Um, It's just, it's more from, like, I mean, this is an announcement that came, like, a couple of years ago at this point that Microsoft was going to acquire Activision Blizzard. And it just like, it's, it's, it's my own personal, like as a podcaster, I'm sick and tired of talking about it. Like, can we just have it over with? But I think as a consumer, I'm glad that the process exists and that, you know, everything is being done to make sure that this is done in the, in the best way possible. And that is, is actually good for the consumer. So um, you know, people who know and understand a whole lot more than I do about, you know, corporations and acquisitions and everything else are, you know, holding Microsoft up to a standard. And I think it, that that's a good thing. So, you know, on the one hand, I'm very happy that all this is happening. But on the other like hand, I just I just want it over with, especially because I am of the mind that this is going to be better for Activision Blizzard games and employees. So, you know, I just want them to be out from under Kotek. He can just go and leave. Yeah. Yeah. I And uh, even after the merger is, uh, the agreement is, is complete and the purchase is done, I think there'll be, there'll be news. Like uh, I was, I was looking into it um, after, after Bethesda was purchased, like basically a week after that Microsoft or Xbox made an official announcement, like, Hey, it's been about a week. We're going to add the back catalog to Game Pass for Bethesda. And I would expect the same thing to happen um, with a majority of of previous Activision Blizzard titles. Like mm-hmm. nothing. I, I don't I, I don't know. Like, I don't think Diablo 4 will be on there. I think they might hold on that one until maybe season two of their gameplay. But I can definitely see like everything previous to that that isn't tied to a subscription like WoW uh, or is free to play like like Hearthstone. But they might introduce like some specific perks like they've done with, um, you know, Riot Games, where if you link your accounts, you get you get access to some additional content. I think in the case mm-hmm. of Riot, you get access to everything <laughs> in their free to play games, like all the <laughs> heroes and stuff are unlocked. Um, but I could see, you know, them rolling that out over the course of the rest of the year. So like even though the acquisition will be done, 
we'll still likely talk about it uh, as as Microsoft makes you know the moves that they're going to make by purchasing this huge portfolio. Like the, they mm-hmm. are going to start incorporating it into Game Pass, and um, that will that will probably slowly roll out as well. But but probably not as slow as this. It won't take years. It'll probably take <laughs> months. So we have that to look forward to as well. Absolutely. So once everything is finalized, we'll have more news for you guys right here. Uh, if you'd like to join the conversation and let us know what you think about anything that we've talked about today, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. That is also where we run our game clubs. If you're interested in playing Psychonauts 2 with all the other gamers in fans, you can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. Follow us over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Brian is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Thanks for staying at The Gamers In. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>